Hi, everyone. I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Now, this week on the show, I have a very special returning guest, Tracy Plescourt. Now, Tracy is an amazing life coach, and she's the founder of Self Made You and the host of Secrets of the Self Made You podcast, which helps men and women achieve their goals and solve all their problems fast by developing self-control. She does this through her amazing method, and she helps instill confidence and a call to action that leads to maximum achievement and happiness. Now, today in our interview, Tracy and I are speaking about the effects of frustration, confusion, and overwhelm, and how we overcome all of these feelings to be productive, happy, filled with joy, and really live the life we want to live. Now, I always love speaking with Tracy. I always have aha moments when I speak with her, so I hope you do too. She really gives practical advice that we can just put into our everyday lives to really live the life we want to live. So let's have a listen in. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle. And welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, Tracy. Welcome back to the show. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast again. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, if for anybody that's listening in that didn't miss or missed the first episode that Tracy was on, that was episode 168. So I will link that in the show notes for everybody to listen to. But just for anybody that didn't listen to that episode, can you just give a brief introduction, you know, about who you are and what you do? You bet. So I am a certified life coach. Um, I have my own company called Self Made You, where I basically have a mission of helping people better understand themselves to really start thinking of themselves as the solution to all of their problems. I know if your audience is anything like me, I spent a lifetime believing that I was the cause of all of my problems and not any at any moment in time did I ever consider that I might actually be the solution to my problems. So I really help people better understand how they can start to really tap into themselves, how they can really leverage the part of their brain that creates empathy and innovation to get where it is that they want to be. And it all starts with making a decision. And so we use a framework that helps people think differently. It starts with a decision and you finish with a decision. There's a couple steps in between, but I dedicate my days to teaching people really how to utilize themselves as the solution, no matter what the problem is. Um, and I love doing it and I love coming on podcasts and really giving some tangible takeaways that you can implement like right now. Yeah. Well, we dived into a lot of that in our first podcast episode. And this time we're kind of going to dive into a little bit more to chat about those feelings we get of frustration and overwhelm and confusion that may come up. So for the person sort of, you know, listening in, where does the majority of that sort of feeling of frustration and confusion and things start to come from? Yeah, it comes from a 
part of your brain that is really meant to keep you alive. It's the primitive part of your brain that is all focused on uh, survival. So it does that by offering you some very dramatic type thoughts, like you're going to die if you don't figure this out, (laughs) which can be really frustrating. (laughs) So if you're somebody who's trying to lose weight or you're trying to figure out how to operate a new business and your primitive brain is telling you that you're going to die if you don't figure this out, it feels very overwhelming. It feels very frustrating. So it the short answer is it's coming from the part of your brain that is meant to keep you alive. And the truth of the matter is, is we're really not in any danger, but yet we listen to those narratives and we react from them. And then we, before we know it, we're self-sabotaging all over the place. And so the frustration, I'm glad you kind of framed it up this way because it's all about the feelings. And so if you can start to create a an awareness around when you're feeling frustrated, that is really going to help you intercept before the self-sabotage really starts to unfold. So I think it's great to have this like intimate knowledge of what frustration, what overwhelm, what um, you know, skepticism or disappointment what does it actually feel like in your body? The re- I'm not asking you to become familiar with it because I want you to suffer. I want you to become familiar with it so that you can like create awareness and like recover quicker from it. So it's just an emotion that we are all meant to feel. There's an, there's a huge spectrum of an emo- of emotions that we're meant to feel, and you know, the benefit of actually feeling frustrated or feeling overwhelmed is that you now have the contrast to the feelings that you want to be feeling. So let's say you're somebody that doesn't experience a lot of joy or happiness in your life. Well, you might not even know what joy and happiness even feels like. So it's important that we have the contrasting feelings so we can even have the context for those wanted feelings. So there is a gift and an opportunity. You have to kind of dig deep to find it, but it's there when you're feeling those, you know, unwanted feelings. But I think that the purpose is so it makes the other feelings even possible. It Mm -hmm. creates an awareness of what we don't want. I have a lot of clients that'll come to me and say, I'm so broken. I don't even know what I want. It's like, you know what? That's okay. And that's totally normal. But let's start with what you don't want. And that is often a much easier question to answer. And that's where frustration and overwhelm become very helpful because it's a place to start. Mm. Well, that's really interesting because I know when you do speak to people and you can say, you know, what do you, what do you want the outcome to be? Or, you know, what do you really want? They can tell you all the things that they don't want. I was having this conversation with a client the other day and she said, you know, they were picking things for their house. And she said, I, I can tell you everything I don't want, but I don't know exactly what I do want. And then she said that can make it easy to eliminate things, but then you come down to like three choices left and she has to do it based on what she doesn't want, not what she wants. Right. 
Right. Yeah. It's such a good place to start. And it's, it's so interesting because without that perspective, most people will just give up on answering that question. What is it that you want? If they feel like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. And this just adds to the evidence of how broken I am. They give up and they like quit before they've even tried. So this gives them a great place to start. And that is so incredibly valuable to know what it is that you don't want. You can work from there. Mm. And talking, as you were saying before, of the feelings that you, you know, when you are having those feelings and what you feel physically as well, you know, I know myself when I'm feeling overwhelmed or frustrated or whatever, you get that feeling, you know, almost in your stomach. I feel tense. I, you know, don't also feel like, you know, cognitively, I can't think clearly, uh, you know, and everything starts to become hard, you know, so to speak. Yeah. 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 It usually, you know, if you really can't get your arms around it, if you start to react to it, it usually doesn't end well. And so I like to just tell people nothing has gone wrong when you're feeling these unwanted feelings. Just take a deep breath, breathe into it, really kind of focus on a sensation, either your sight you can uh, focus on smells. You can focus on what it is that you're hearing to really kind of shift from that intense focus on something has gone wrong. If you can find another, um, you know, sensation, even a touch type sensation to focus on, it's really helpful to take your focus off of that panic that something has gone wrong. And so I, you know, I like to like really, um, question my clients about what does it truly feel like when you're experiencing frustration? Like, where do you feel it in your body? I have them like really explain it to me because if I'm not there asking them to define it, they'll never do that work. And they will always remain afraid of that feeling. And often when you're afraid of feeling something, you will try to numb You'll, you'll reach out to things that can be very destructive, even though they seem so innocent, like scrolling social media or online shopping or, you know, pouring a glass of wine. If you don't learn how to feel the feelings, you will always cope in a way that probably is, you know, less helpful. It's probably more destructive than just allowing the feeling to be there or to even better learn how to process that feeling. And all that is, I know it sounds complicated, but it really isn't. It's just asking yourself like, where am I feeling this? How would I describe it? What's the weight? What's the color? What's the texture? Does it move? Does it have a speed to it? Just get really familiar with it so that you can create that evidence for yourself that it's not going to kill you. And most of the time when we're trying to run from something, it's almost always a feeling. It's And it's crazy. Like when you really stop and think about it, what you're afraid of is an emotion. So why not do the work to prove to yourself that it's not going to take you down? You're very capable of just allowing it to be there without reacting, without running from it, without buffering it or trying to numb it. Well, I actually did that the other day and I caught myself in the act 
because I was, you know, had a task to do for work that for me is a, a harder task to focus on, not my most enjoyable thing to do. And so I had been putting it off and then I finally, you know, had gotten to the time to do it and I picked up my phone and went on social media and I caught myself and I went, I am doing this to delay going into this. This is not a hard job to do. I am capable of doing it. Put the phone down and do it. And I did it so simply. It was, you know, silly, but just catching myself was a really good realization for me to know that that's clearly something that I'm doing often, which is a complete waste of my time and something that I don't need to be doing. Yeah. And what a great example of what it looks like to kind of reframe that feeling of frustration into a gift and an opportunity, because now you recognize that tendency to do that when you can be kind of on the lookout for it, when you kind of see how those reactive patterns start to show up, they are very, they're way less likely to play out when you are on the lookout for it. So the gift and the opportunity there is that you now have the awareness of that. And you also have the evidence that you can intercept that. Exactly. And then I also went to, you know, this distraction is here and I'm I'm letting it be here right next to me when it doesn't need to be. So, you know, now I know when I'm doing those tasks, I just put my phone away and I make sure all the notifications are turned off and basic things that we all know to do. And right. you feel like you should be able to do it without needing to do that. But I think even just for me, I was just like, no, just to make sure especially for these, you know, first few times that I'm going to be redoing this again and trying to catch that realization, this is just going to be an extra step to help. Yeah. And, and I like to look at that as just like supporting yourself. Like it's, it, it kind of sounds silly, but why not think about it? Why not frame it as, you know what, this is what it looks like to like unconditionally love myself, to do things like that, put away my phone when I know that I don't want to be distracted. That's what it looks like to be intentional, to support yourself. That's not being weak or being silly. Like that's being intentional, but you, you know, some, you, you'll see a lot of lists that'll say, here's all the hacks, you know, to be more productive, turn off your notifications, put away your phone. I would argue that you've got to take a couple steps back from that. And it's more important to get into the right mental and emotional state than it is to actually do those kind of actions, than it is to like check those boxes. You want to be thinking and feeling in a way that really is like in support of where it is that you want to be. So if you were putting away that phone and going, this is so silly. I can't believe that I have to do this. You know, almost feeling a little bit like, um, I don't know, skeptical or doubtful that this is even going to work or that um, you're having to succumb to these hacks. Like that's not a feeling that's really going to sustain long-term. That's not a feeling that's going to have you coming back and reusing a technique that's, you know, going to pay dividends in the end. You want to be coming at it from a place of, I love myself enough. I'm going to support myself to, and I'm going to do things like this. That kind of thinking 
creates a feeling of like empowerment of an, of responsibility. So that's an, that's an example of what I mean when I say we are not about starting with actions. You know, no matter what problem we're working with our clients to solve, we never start with the actions. Of course, there's best practices to losing weight, to stop over drinking, to heal relationships, to become more productive. Of course, there's best practices. But we want to make sure that these are best practices that are going to be sustained. They're going to have long-term like results. And so you have to go to the root cause of what kept you from getting the results in the first place, which is 100% your thinking and feeling. Mm. Which is not always easy to diagnose or even explore I think too and the way you were sort of reframing that with sort of saying you know putting your phone away is you know putting yourself first and all the rest of it when I was first of all I did have all those feelings like oh you know I'm being silly you know I shouldn't be this addicted essentially to my phone all the rest of it and then I went no I I want to commit to be able to do this this is an extra step that I'm doing to be able to commit to do it. So I think that was the the reframe for me that was really good. Bravo. Bravo. That's and that's so important and it really doesn't take that long to get there, but it's so powerful when you're taking responsibility for the the entire experience from the way you're thinking to the way that thinking makes you feel to the behaviors that you're that those feelings are driving, that is what it looks like to, to like be responsible for that one, two, three punch that yields the results that you want over time. You'll be, you'll blow your own mind at how quickly you get what it is that you want when you are actually taking responsibility for the thinking, feeling and behaving. Mm. It sounds like a lot when you say it out loud like that. You're like, oh, wow, I did go through all those steps in one go. But that was something, to me, that was something small, you know, but, you know, people listening in, as you said, you you do apply this when it is something bigger, whether or not it's related to, you know, food or, you know, diet and lifestyle or exercise or whatever it may be. Right, right. Yeah, we have a planner that we teach our clients, um, how to really start like implementing these decisions ahead of time, but it's not the decisions that you would normally think because most people who have a problem or have a goal, they just want the checklist of what should I do? What shouldn't I do? And the decisions that we teach you how to make, they are the emphasis is on how you are feeling. So it's a daily planner, just like all the other daily planners with all the hours listed. And so you put your commitments on, you know, the appropriate hour, but right next to that commitment, you decide ahead of time how it is that you're going to be feeling. That's what keeps you in that intentional place. Like, Yes, it sounds complicated when I spell out all of the steps, but it happens in the blink of an eye. And so we just really want to shine a light and kind of pull, tease it apart so that people start to recognize this isn't complicated. It's simply that you've just never been taught how to make decisions ahead of time about how it is that you want to feel. So that these kinds of practices, the way you show up, the way you operate, become sustainable. These are not just these one-off, white-knuckling, willpowering my way through it. 
No, when you decide ahead of time how it is that you want to feel, that's where you get to take all of the ownership, the responsibility, the control. It's a really important decision to be making ahead of time, way more important than what it is that you're going to be doing. When you decide how it is that you're going to be feeling, the behaviors, the doing comes organically. You don't even have to worry about that. So it's a very counterintuitive approach, but it is an approach that yields crazy good results and way faster than you'd ever think. So always deciding ahead of time how it is that you want to feel when you're executing whatever the commitment is, whatever the task at hand is, and just watch how that decision really yields extraordinary results. And I teach my clients how to do that literally on the half an hour. So they have a whole day planner and they fill out their tasks. And then right next to that, they they decide ahead of time how it is that they want to feel. By the end of the day, they have learned so much about themselves because without making that decision, you're just over here operating on autopilot and just kind of letting the day unfold, you know, and you're operating from your primitive fear-based brain. And so the day unfolds entirely different. Mm. And also it makes a lot of sense in the in the sense that when we talk about trying to find motivation, you know, well, there's, you know, like you said before, there's blog posts that say, you know, put on your favorite music because we're trying to incite you know, a happiness or a joy or, you know what I mean? There's there's strategies to try to get you into the right headspace to feel the right emotions to then take the action. But we're always focused on the action and not the emotions that get us to take the action. Right, right. It's backwards, right? Like people think that once they lose weight, then they'll be happy. People think if I play this music, it's going to make me motivated. Mm. It's backwards. It's like you can actually be happy now and then lose weight. Like you can take the actions from a place of happiness, not like waiting to be happy until you lose the weight, not um, making yourself happy by playing the music. Like you can actually be in the state that you want to be in without having to rely on anything outside of you. It's Again, I keep using the word mind-blowing, but when you realize all you really need to rely on is yourself and it has everything to do with how you're choosing to think, most of us think in a very unintentional way. We're just operating on default based on our, you know, the painful past that we've had. And instead, I'm asking you to be intentional, to be in this place of like, I don't really need music to motivate me. I enjoy listening to music and it's my decision to go turn it on because I love it. Not relying on something outside of me to create my happiness. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I'm just going through in my own brain while we're speaking, you know, thinking about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation and how I'm more of an intrinsic person, but you know, and everyone's always like, how do you get so much done? And how do you, you know, fit all that into your day? And thinking emotion wise, it's because I'm happy. You know, yeah. I want to do it. I 
I feel motivated to do it because it, I enjoy what I do, whether or not it's the workout I do or the work that I do or the, so it doesn't feel like a chore or hard majority of the time. As I said before, there are still some tasks that are hard, but generally I'm really happy and looking forward to what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, uh, somebody with that kind of a mindset will even look at the hard and be willing to do the hard things, knowing that you're going to yield some sort of return from it. Like you're going to learn something from it, right? You're going to become more resilient because of it. So even the hard, there's an upside to it. And when you're open to doing hard things, like you literally have one of the keys to the universe right there. Yeah. Which is, yeah, just, you know, thinking about it in my own brain sort of thing. But speaking about your planner and planning out your day, how important is it to have plans and goals and, you know, future plans to be able to achieve what we want to be achieving? Well, I would say it's only important if you have something in mind that like that creates kind of that extraordinary life, that ideal life. If you are somebody that is um, measuring yourself against, you know, um, what you think is the perfect day, the perfect life, um, then it's going to be really important that you are making intentional decisions, that you are staying in a place where you are, um, in control. You're asking yourself questions like, what is it that I want? Why do I want it? But I will say that there are people that are very, um, you know, they're kind of goal adverse. And that's because they, their thought about goals is that it's very um, confining. It's very restricting that um, they feel almost deprived when they set goals. Well, again, that's a mindset, right? That's a, that is just a primitive brain thought that's very limiting. How else could you choose to think about goals? I think that goals or AKA decisions or outcomes or results, whatever you want to call it, I think it's, they're super important because it becomes kind of the GPS of your life. If you are somebody who wants to stay intentional, wants to feel in control and doesn't value like spontaneity over the feeling of being in control, then making decisions ahead of time, not waiting until you're in the moment, making decisions ahead of time. What is it that I want from this day? What is it that I want from this month? What is it that I want to accomplish in 2024? What do I see my future self five years down the road having accomplished? Like those are the kinds of questions that nobody gets to decide except for you. And to just really kind of drive that point home, think about who you are today. Who you are today is a result of how you've been thinking and feeling. Everything that you have done or haven't done has resulted from how you have been thinking and feeling. So if you decided, let's say last year, that you wanted to be exactly where you're at right now, that decision is what drove all of the thoughts and the feelings and the behaviors that got you here. 
-hmm. Now, if you didn't make that decision, it's really good to know that without making that decision, this is what has resulted. So I love thinking about it from like kind of both ends of the stick. I always think, okay, so if I didn't make that decision and this is where I have landed and arguably I think I am living as close to the perfect life as I possibly can, what would happen if I made a decision about who my future self is in one year from now? Now that's going to drive my thinking and feeling because I will start making all of my decisions from that perspective, from that place, from my future self. I will let the future me start making the decisions about today with the promise that that's where I'm heading. That's the direction I'm going. And it's with intention. So I love to teach kind of that triad of your past, present, and future self and really understand that you're going to be making some quantum leaps in the direction that you want with decisions when you're operating with intention. It's not for everybody. I think there are probably plenty of people who are like, yeah, I'm all good with spontaneity and just kind of seeing where life (laughs) takes me. That's totally fine. There's like no shade on those people, but I tend to be somebody who likes to really kind of push my limits and really see like what kind of extraordinary life I can create for myself. And by deciding who my future self is five months, one year, 10 years down the road, now I can like really connect to her and use her as a way of deciding everything that I do right now everything that I think, everything that I feel, everything that I do right now. And it's it's almost like I know her. And when I do that, I keep myself from suffering. I, I don't find myself spinning out in shame or guilt or frustration when I'm connected to my future self. But the minute I lose sight of her, my primitive brain like jumps back on board and has me connected to my painful past. That's just what our brains do. That's the neural pathway that is very well established. So just automatically, that's where it goes. So I like to really kind of orchestrate um, what it is that I want to be feeling. So I do it with intention. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that I have a brand new daily Pilates workout that you can download for free and work out with me. Now, this daily Pilates workout is just 15 minutes. It's going to help you build strength and mobility. It's going to help energize you, leave you feeling really good. And the best bit, it's only going to take 15 minutes. So to grab your free workout, head on over to the podcast show notes and click the daily Pilates workout link. I can't wait to see you on your mat. And if somebody listening in feels like, yeah, I am stuck in maybe it's reliving, you know, past trauma or experiences and it keeps, you know, you hear people say, oh, it just, you know, it keeps popping up. It keeps happening. The same things happen over and over and I can't get out of this cycle. How do they start to work on getting to that future self? Is it through things like, you know, writing down what you want and journaling or things that you don't want? Yeah. 
Well, first off, I would want that person to know how normal the experience is. When they keep finding themselves in that place of guilt and shame and question and confusion, and they feel like they literally cannot break free from that, I want them to know that it's not because they're broken. It's not because they're doomed to be spinning out for the rest of their life in those feelings. It's truly just that they haven't been taught how to operate from the other part of their brain. They are operating 100% from their primitive brain. When they are trapped by their painful past, they are absolutely operating from their primitive brain. And so I like to show people how to think differently, how to operate from what I like to call their prodigy brain. It is that more extraordinary part of your brain where you can respond, where you're not having these knee-jerk reactions, just, you know, Groundhog's Day doing the same thing over and over and over. You're actually responding. You're actually doing things like mental fitness techniques that really quiet down that primitive brain fear-based chatter. So that's where the understanding yourself, like really using our framework to think differently. So you start with a decision. What is it that you want? Why do you want it? So this can be big or small. Any decision really starts to create a sense of control. So you start with a decision. It's the S in self. The E is eliminating the self-sabotage, recognizing that we will operate from those negative self-talk, self-sabotaging narratives if we are on autopilot, if we aren't aware. That is the neural pathway that is very well established. That's where your brain will go. So being on the lookout for them. And so we have a free assessment that we give that just really reveals those narratives that are most prominent in your life so that you can be more aware of them. That's how you're going to eliminate the self-sabotage is simply by being more aware of them. And then leveraging those prodigy brain strengths like empathy. Of course, you have felt this way because you've never been taught. That's how you have empathy for yourself. You can have unconditional love for yourself. This Because you have felt frustrated or shame or guilt does not make you an unworthy person. It's possible that you could learn to operate from this other part of your brain. That's what it looks like to leverage strengths that are available to you when you're operating from your prodigy brain. And then finally, you finish with a decision. What's the next best step I can take? What's the next step that is so easy it's almost hard not to do? I love that question. And what do I want to be feeling while I'm executing that? So I have you down on my calendar for today at 5.30 Central Standard Time. And I asked myself, how do I want to feel I am a guest on Kate's podcast? And I wanted to feel excited. And so then I had I had asked myself the next question is what would I have to be thinking to and it was I am so happy that she sees value in what it is that I have to share. I'm so excited to come back. That's what I want to be thinking. Now, if I didn't ask myself that question, Lord knows what I'd be thinking, right? Today happens to be 
you know, Halloween or a holiday and we have kids coming over to treat. Oh my God, do I have enough candy? Yada, 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 right? Like my brain will go off in a million different directions. That's not how I want to be thinking and feeling while I'm guesting on a podcast. So I make those decisions ahead of time. This isn't anything earth shattering, right? I'm not making monumental decisions, but so incredibly helpful to keep me in the driver's seat. Life is not happening to me. Life is happening because of me, because I am making these decisions ahead of time. So S-E-L-F, it's really learning how to utilize yourself to think different. You start with a decision, eliminate that self-sabotage, leverage your strengths like empathy and discovery and innovation, and finish with a decision. That's how you get out of that primitive brain like captivity that so many of us find ourselves in. So it's being very intentional, which, you know, when you break down what you do, even if you're, you know, a guest on a podcast or even for me hosting, you know, I'm making sure that my room is set up, that my lighting is good, that my notifications are are switched off. It's having that intentional and organization to make sure that this is going, the interview, we're going to have the interview that you want to have. Yeah, right. And, And reminding yourself, like, I'm in control. I can, and things might go wrong, right? Like I'm not in this space where I feel like I have to control it. This has to be perfect. Like that isn't a, that's a, that's a saboteur narrative right there. Like, so just recognizing the feelings, the vibrations that you are experiencing and ask yourself, is it helpful or is it unhelpful? Like, I agree with you. This does require you to be very intentional. Sometimes it's just easier to be asking yourself, like, is this a helpful thought or a helpful feeling or is it unhelpful? Sometimes that can be a lot easier to Mm. really conclude. And if you have people in your life that you may be thinking about this conversation and then going, they're not very helpful people in my life or they may be contributing to some of the sabotaging, you know, and and they might not even be aware themselves that they're contributing to, you know, it might be, you know, sadness or confusion or frustration that I'm feeling. How do we go about dealing with a person? Yeah. So recognizing first off, are you trying to control a circumstance. A person is a circumstance, an event, a date on a calendar, a weight on a scale and a money, a dollar amount in a bank account. Those are all circumstances. And all of those things are outside of our control. So it's very um, exhausting to try to control something that is outside of our control. So really asking yourself, like, am I trying to control their behavior? And if the answer is yes, you got to get really honest with yourself and ask yourself, why? Why am I trying to control their behavior? Am I trying to control their behavior so I feel something? You know, as a parent, I I find myself doing that all the time. Like, I want my son to call his grandpa on grandpa's birthday so that I feel good about that, right? It's like, I'm trying to control him so that I feel good. You have to be honest with yourself. Like, how can I allow my son to be, think, feel how he is meant to be behaving and thinking and feeling without me trying to control that? What is a better feeling thought 
like maybe, you know, my son is 24 years old now. He is old enough to be making his decisions. Like he's the one who is going to learn by either calling or not calling grandpa on his birthday. Like I have to recognize where I'm hurting myself by trying to control other people. I think another really good question to ask yourself that's really going to create some empathy and maybe some unconditional love is, do they have any idea how their behaviors are being driven by saboteur narratives? So many people who have never been taught how to utilize the part of their brain that allows them to respond, that allows them to tap into intention, they do default and act from saboteur narratives. And they're probably suffering. You probably have no awareness of how much they're suffering because we're only seeing the behaviors. We're not inside of their body feeling those emotions. So really trying to tap into a little bit of empathy for what they may be thinking and feeling. I think that's another great direction to go with that when you're really finding that you want to control other people. And then lastly, you always have a choice. 100% of the time, we all have free will and we always have a choice. So if you are finding yourself in a relationship with somebody who is a little bit more difficult, maybe they're hard to love, you get to ask yourself, like, what are the boundaries that I want to create? Do I want to continue to have them in my life? Like, and why? Like really asking yourself these kinds of questions can really shine a light on what it is that you want and how, you know, your next steps um, are going to play out. You have to be intentional about asking yourself those kinds of questions. Mm. Well, the empathy one, you know, even if you're, you know, driving the car and someone, you know, cuts you off or whatever, or, you know, you're at the supermarket and someone like shoves you or says something snarky and you're like, oh, why are they so, you know, you can, you know, I always say to my girls, you know, they might just be having a bad day. They might have something going on, you know, terrible in their life right now. And, you know, they're, they're just reacting to the situation, but, you know, let's just try to, you know, let go about it, you know, and move on. Yeah. And to realize that you're doing that for yourself, you're not doing that really to help the person that's cut you off or said something snarky, not because you want them to, you know, not have to feel the judgment that you have. It's for you. You don't want to feel the judgment. You don't want to feel the snarkiness, right? So it's, you have to like keep that perspective in mind. Why are we doing this? It isn't to people, please. It isn't to, you know, make that other person um, not feel judged. It's because you don't want to operate from that feeling. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it, there's been times where you hold on to that, you know, I'll come home and be like, saying to my husband, oh my goodness, this person, you know, just, you know, coming up and it was their fault and blah, blah, blah. And it will yeah. change the trajectory of the rest of your day because you, I exactly. will, I am the type of person where I will hold on to that feeling and I will, it will affect everything that I do. It's like a flow on effect. So yep. yeah, yep. makes a hundred percent sense. 
Yep. Right there. That's like such a good example. Ask yourself, like, what's a better feeling thought? Because this feeling sucks. I don't want to feel this way anymore. What's a better feeling thought? And all you got to do is find one that's believable to you. There is hundreds of thousands of thoughts available to you that I promise will generate different feelings than what it is that you're experiencing in that moment. So just ask yourself that question. And then I have to, uh, just speaking about that now, my mind is going to regret and people having regrets. How do you help people with, you know, that might sort of feel like that they have, you know, a lot of regrets and they feel like they, you know, it's in the past, it's happened now and they don't know, they, they can't change that. Yeah. So again, it's which part of your brain are you operating from? So if you're really spinning out in regret, it's because you are believing something that's creating that regret. Like I shouldn't have done that. I should have done something different. Okay. So you know that you're feeling the regret. You've decided you don't want to feel that way anymore. What's a better feeling thought? What else could you choose to believe? I love going to the perspective that everything can be turned into a gift and an opportunity. If you ask yourself that question, your brain goes to work trying to find what good came out of that. The thing that you've been sitting here regretting spending tons of time and energy on could actually be turned into some sort of gift and opportunity. And if you ask yourself that question, you're way more likely to find an answer that feels different. So it probably created some sort of contrast. You probably learned something from it, right? You probably were able to take something away. Maybe some sort of inspired action can come from this event that you are now regretting. But you can't get there when you're over here spinning out in regret, you have to like kind of, you have to quiet that chatter down. You have to respond with asking yourself questions. That's what's going to have you operating from that prodigy brain, which is going to make a whole like plethora of strengths available to you. So you can start to discover like, what did I learn? What kind of inspired action could be taken from this? You might be able to create a little bit of empathy for yourself that will for sure start to extinguish the regret. So it really does kind of hinge on asking yourself high quality questions. Um, what is my future self at the end of life? What would my future self tell me about that event? That's mm -hmm. a great question to be asking yourself. Well, it's almost reframing it to that sort of thought that every cloud has a silver lining, that there is yeah. always something that we can learn, even if the experience wasn't great, there's something that we can take away from it, which we try to always teach our kids too, you know, if they have, yeah. you know, some type of altercation or something goes wrong, you're like, well, what can you learn from this for next time? Exactly. And it sounds cliche. I know that. I know it sounds fluffy or it sounds woo-woo. But you have to like really ask yourself, like, how does that thought make me feel? It always comes back to feelings because feelings drive our behaviors. So it's not the silly little, you know, let's think positive mantras. It's not a, it's not so much about the thought or the belief. It has everything to do with how does it make you feel? 
That's what we're going for is we're trying to shift the feeling because we know feelings drive behaviors. So if you're looking for different results from your life, it's all about the feeling. And we just know that we have to reverse architect it and come up with a better feeling thought. And so it's not toxic positivity. This is not like, you know, looking in the mirror and saying 25 mantras every day. (laughs) This is literally like challenging yourself to come up with a better feeling thought. And there's a lot of them available to us. It's only because our primitive brain is very strong. Those neural pathways are very well established that we habitually go back to the same thoughts day after day after day. Hmm. So being in the moment and trying to stay in the moment is really important as part of that if we're trying to, you know, catch that realization or reevaluate a situation so we're not redoing those same decisions we're used to making. Right. And, you know, I think that being in the moment, staying in the moment can sound like a little bit of a daunting task. It can sound a little exhausting. And I would just say, use your feelings as a guidance system. So, I'm not suggesting that every minute of every day, you have to be asking yourself questions. What I'm suggesting is that when you're feeling something unwanted and you're deciding that you don't want to feel that any any longer, I have a tool that you can pull out and use in that moment. So there's a big difference there. Besides, you know, I'm not suggesting you have to stay intentional every minute of every day because I agree that is exhausting. But when those unwanted feelings show up, I want you to remember that you can rely on yourself to change those feelings and therefore behave differently and get different results from your life just like that. Mm. Which is a very powerful thing to realize. Yeah, right. And if there's somebody listening in that may find, because we've talked about empathy quite a bit, they may think that they almost have too much empathy for people, that they're a very empathetic person, but to the point sometimes where they are putting other people before them and they don't know how to stop doing that, how do we help those people? Yeah, so... Empathy, when it's overused and abused, it starts to show up in like people pleasing type ways. And so that's when the person who is almost overly empathetic, they start to experience resentment because they are going overboard. They're almost like self-sacrificing. They're trying to please, flatter, um, you know, give up their own opinions, their own beliefs, so that these other people can feel right. Um, And what results from that is a lot of resentment. So these types of people-pleasing tactics, techniques, or not techniques, but tendencies, I guess I should say, they are a saboteur narrative that you're listening to. That, And it is stemming from one of your greatest strengths, but it's a strength that now has been overused and abused. So where I would say you're going to want to go with that is A, just be aware that that's what's happening, that you are feeling um, resentful. You are indirectly trying to like gain affection and acceptance by 
rescuing or flattering or trying to please other people, that you are losing sight of your own needs. And with that sort of awareness, you're going to be able to like intercept quicker. So if you have thoughts, like if I um, express my true opinions, that may jeopardize um, the affection that I'm looking for. Now you know that the empathy that is probably one of your greatest strengths is being overused. And so you need to start asking yourself, like, what is it that I really believe? Why am I, why am I trying to people please? What is it that I, what's the unmet need that um, I'm going for or that I'm missing? So ask again, asking yourself those kinds of questions, having a heightened sense of awareness around it, um, I would say is probably the first step. Yeah. So there is, you know, empathy can be, you know, fantastic to use, but it can also be toxic in a sense if you're over leaning into it. Yes. Yes. And yeah. And it becomes at your own expense. I would say resentment is probably the number one emotion that you'll start to experience um, when you are people pleasing, when empathy is being overused. Mm. Or people, I guess that's where boundaries need to come into place too, uh, to set them because sometimes people then start having that expectation of you as well. If you're sort of known for that, you know, role right. or, or giving it out. So that's where setting boundaries. And again, like you said before, you have a choice. So you are the one in control to have to start to, to make those changes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Like we teach people how to treat us. And so they will probably start to have an expectation that, you know, we will do anything at our own expense for other people. So, you know, if you're starting to feel resentful, you have to ask yourself, like, what part am I playing in this? Like, how have I taught them that it's okay to have that expectation. That question really starts to create a level of responsibility. You start to take control of that. That the resentfulness that you're now having is starting to extinguish when you start taking a little bit of responsibility for it. Do you see mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Uh, I just worked with a client recently, um, a nutrition client who was trying to lose weight, but she was having one of the issues is that her cortisol levels were just too high because she was doing everything for everybody. And I yeah. you know, said to her, I said, you have to change that. You have to set some boundaries in place. You've got grown up children that can help you. You have to say that you're not doing everything anymore and that you need to ask for help. So, you know, even just re reframing that for her, she said, it was such a simple thing to do. I just wasn't doing it. And she said, and no one had a problem with it when I asked, but I yep. hadn't asked. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so just having that awareness is so helpful to change the behavior, to change those patterns. So yeah, that's, that's such a perfect example. Hmm. Well, I feel like we've kind of covered quite a bit today in this um, chat. And before we finish off, I always love to ask my guests, what's one piece of advice that our listeners after listening to this podcast could go away and instigate straight away? Oh, 
I would say try the decision ahead of time technique and really emphasizing the way you want to feel. So all you have to do is look at your calendar, whatever you've committed to in the next hour or the next five hours, find something that's hit your calendar. And instead of focusing on, you know, where it is that you need to be or how it is that you need to show up, I want you to ask yourself, how is it that I want to be feeling while I'm executing on this commitment? And then, so you've got the feeling and then ask yourself, what is it that I'd have to be believing? What is it that I'd have to be thinking in order to generate that feeling? So it's a two-part question. I have clients who will just add it to their Google calendar, like right there in the subject line. This is how I want to be feeling. This is what I have to be believing. We have a planner that we actually teach people um, this concept on that ap application. We know that everybody has a day. <laughs> so we use a day to teach this concept. And so, um, but just to get started, just try it once and just notice how good it feels to stay in control and not just let it, you know, play out and, you know, and not feel like you have the control over it. It's, it's night and day difference. Mm, amazing. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. Where can all our listeners reach out and connect with you? Yeah, our website is kind of the one-stop shop. It's www.self-made, M-A-D-E, and then the letter U.com. Then we have our free masterclass called Self-Made Day. And it's like how to create that perfect or how to plan that perfect day. And it's really teaching this concept, but we're really holding your hand through it. So I think we're going to give you the link so you yeah. can share that free masterclass with your, with your audience. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. And I always learn so much when I uh, chat with you that I'm like excited to go off and then start instigating it into my life as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me back. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.